Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and live from the Dallas Cowboys locker room with Des Bryant. It's the fourth and inches show with <laughs> Jenna and the Sherpa. Jenna, what do you make of uh, those, those crazy cowboys and that uh, snatching defeat from the jaws of victory yet again this weekend? Well, it's pretty standard form for us, unfortunately, but... That was that was a whole other level. I mean, two interceptions in less than two minutes is pretty tough to pull off, but we found a way. True, but on the other hand, Minnesota helped to the extent that they could by beating Philadelphia. So I think it comes down to the last weekend's game either way. So as long as as they win that, then they're, they should be uh, good to go. But, you know. That's not a given either, the way they're playing lately. Yeah, it's kind of a mess. Like, I understand the last time that he had an emotional reaction on a sideline, it was against the same team. It was, you know, in a similar setting, but it, it looked like he was yelling at Tony Romo and people got on his case about it, and now he's saying, oh, well, I don't want to be emotional on the sideline. But I think you kind of have to be. It looks like you're walking out on your team. I get, okay, you don't want to cry on camera. That's fine. Put a towel over your head. Do something. But you can't walk in the locker room. Yeah. Yeah. There are better ways to do it. I mean, I'm sure all the other Cowboys, DeMarcus Ware and, you know, Tony Romo Um, and Marco Murray were just upset upset about losing the game. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. I, I think... They coddle him, but then again, they knew what they, they were do. getting when they drafted him. So, I mean, he's obviously a very talented player, and they're obviously willing to put up with his, you know, you know shenanigans because of the production. But, you know. I mean, I think I think the play calling is a bigger issue than Des Bryant using is. Like we can. Dallas is known for having the prima donna wide receiver. They know how to deal with that. But what on earth are we doing? Jason Garrett, what are you? What is going on? He thinks the quarterback's the end all and be all because he used to be one. But we have a pretty good run game. He just chooses not to use. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So, anyway, if, if you want to chime in with your <laughs> opinion on the Cowboys or anything else, football or fantasy football related, Jenna, how can people do that? Well, there are a number of ways to get a hold of us for the next hour. We'll be with you until 10:30 p.m. Eastern time, as we are every Wednesday night. You can always call us at 347-989-8088. That's 347-989-8088. You can always tweet us at the number 4THN Inches Show. That's the number 4THN Inches Show. Or you can find our personal Twitter accounts at fantasy underscore Sherpa and JKIM16. You can always email us at the number 4THN Inches Show at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page and all week long at the fantasyfootballsherpa.com. The blog there is great. And of course, leave the chat room open on Blog Talk Radio as always. Yeah. So, who do you think is going to end up with that, uh, that second wild card in the? AFC right now. Miami, Baltimore, both have eight and six records. Chargers, seven and seven. What's what's your take on that? I I don't really know what to make of that wild card spot. In all honesty, <laughs> I, just, I think San Diego will beat Oakland this week, and that's going to put another wrinkle into the whole thing. Um, 
I, I think after this week it'll probably be Miami. But you could really flip a coin at this point. Yeah, that's it's going to be interesting. The yeah, I don't know between them. I think my I think Miami and San Diego will win this weekend, and Baltimore will lose. But uh, we'll get to the individual games in a minute. But that would mm-hmm. certainly uh, keep things interesting. But uh, absolutely, I, don't know. I noticed we're uh, pointedly not talking about your Giants this week, huh? <laughs> The the Giants, yeah, they signed um, Mike Moore this weekend. Oh, and Mike Moore. Oh, wrong, wrong sport. Oh, the New York Giants. Oh, yeah. Wrong Giants. Um, wrong Giants. Yeah, the well, they made a lot of people in Seattle happy this past mm-hmm. weekend, including that car dealership that had the promotion that. that they were going to give away you know, a certain, I think, 30, they were going to give away 10 winners, $30,000 each if they shut out the Giants, and you know, fortunately for them, they had insurance for that that they paid $7,000 for, so I'm sure some insurance company is... Is real unhappy about somewhere, <laughs> but Probably not, but uh, hopefully they're Seattle fans and they're happy with the outcome, and I'm sure it brought them a lot of publicity too, you know, free publicity to their car dealership, but uh, yeah. anyway. So why don't we just dive right in. The the one nice thing about having three Thursday games on Thanksgiving Day and the stipulation that every team has to play on Thursday once is that we're all done with the Thursday games now. Week 16 and 17, there's no Thursday games, so we have that to be thankful for. Woo! <laughs> so you get an extra couple days to figure out who's healthy and who isn't. And that's another thing. When you look at the injury list this time of year, or if you look at the player notes, Pretty much half of the guys on your fantasy team aren't practicing at this time of year, but don't be alarmed by that. It's just standard operating procedure. If your team's in the playoff hunt, if I should say if your player's real-life team is in the playoff hunt and they're at all dinged up, chances are they're going to get rested at this point in the season to try to keep them healthy as possible for, for Sunday or Monday then. But So pay no attention to the injury report, especially if it's Tom Brady's shoulder. Oh yeah, that's only been like five years. He's been had a bum shoulder, right? Yeah, he still seems to be playing pretty well, but uh, very fortunate. Maybe that's just a coincidence. <laughs> so, all right, why don't we dive right in? The first game we were just talking about that AFC second wild card spot is sort of up for grabs between Miami, Baltimore, and San Diego. Miami can do themselves a lot of good this weekend if they're able to win at Buffalo. And I don't know, on the one hand, you know, Buffalo 5-9, and nine, not much to play for. Miami, they've won three games in a row, 8-6, and six, after that whole Richie Incognito scandal, which I thought was going to sink their team, but it didn't. If anything, we both did. Yeah. bounced yeah. back stronger and regrouped. But now sounds both uh, Incognito... And, you know, his nemesis there, you know, Miami rolling forward. I think this is a coin flip. I, Buffalo, they match up pretty well with Miami, but in the end, I'll go with Miami to take this. I'll say Miami 21, Buffalo 20. I'm going to take Miami uh, mainly because E.J. Manuel's not going to play, so the, the offense is going to get a little shaken up. Uh, but you're right, they match up very evenly. I think Miami has a little more to play for, and so they may be a little more motivated. But uh, that being said, 
I think you're going to be finding fantasy value a lot of other places. I like Ryan Tannehill better as a second quarterback option. Lamar Miller, as always, pretty much only a flex option. Mike Wallace, Brian Hartline, and tight end Charles Clay. I'm okay starting all of them. Uh, either Wallace or Hartline is going to break out for some big plays. You just never know which one it's going to be from week to week. I also like kicker Caleb Sturgis and the defense. Like you said, I don't think it'll be super high scoring, but it'll be close. It'll be a good game, if nothing else. Yeah, and it's always fun when you have a game with playoff implications at this yeah. time of year. Yeah. There, there are several games that do not meet that criterion this week, which we'll Ooh. get into, but most most of them do. But for Buffalo, I like running backs Fred Jackson and C.J. Spiller start either of them with confidence. Wide receiver Steve Johnson didn't have a good week last week, but I would still think that he's their go-to receiver. Tight end mm-hmm. Scott Chandler is a good start. The defense is good to start. Wide receiver Robert Woods had a good game last week. He's had several good games this rookie season. I think he's a decent flex option. Quarterback E.J. Manuel, as you mentioned, don't start him. Don't start Zach Lewis. And don't start kicker Dan Carpenter. Okay. Dan well, Carpenter used to be a Dolphin. Nobody's worried about that rivalry, though. Well, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, there's only so much the kickers can do. It's not as if they can kick 61-yard field goals to win games or anything like that. No, they definitely That's don't do not. that. They don't no, kick 61 field happens. goals in the game. You know, if we're, as long as I brought us off on that tangent, like I, when we were talking about Jason Elam setting, not Jason mm-hmm. Elam, uh, I'm back Matt Prater. Years, uh, Matt Prater setting the record last week mm-hmm. for Denver. It, I'm much more impressed by a kick like Justin Tucker's the other night where he actually mm-hmm. won the game. Okay, there were a few seconds left, but he actually won the game as opposed to the, the halftime thing. But uh, to me, it's it's much more impressive that he hit that field goal with everything on the line there. I, I agree. I still think the, 60, the 64 yarders. Pretty impressive, but oh no, I'm not uh, arguing that it's not impressive. Yeah, but I, just, said, I can agree with you. I think that when there's more on the line that way versus the 61 yarder to win the game, I, yeah. I'm more impressed by the 61 yarder that wins the game. Yeah, I can agree with you there. All right, so let's see if we can agree on this next game: New Orleans at Carolina, playing for the second time in three weeks. I think they played on a, I think it was the Thursday night game a few weeks back, yeah. and New Orleans won that one, or, and this game, I I don't know. New Orleans is so up and down. You, you would think with all the talent they have on offense, they should just be blowing people out. And Carolina's defense is pretty good, but their offense isn't that great. And you just think maybe there's some smoke and mirrors going on there. But I actually mm-hmm. like Carolina to win this game. I'll, I'll pick them. I'll say New Carolina 20, New Orleans 17. I think they'll find a way to contain Drew Brees and the, the Saints passing attack? I think it's more like New Orleans 28, Carolina 24. I don't think Carolina's going to look as bad as they did last time, but I still think New Orleans is overall a better team than they are. Cam Newton can't do everything on his own, contrary to what he and Carolina management seem to think. But uh, I'd definitely start Drew Brees. I'd start Darren Sproles. I'd Pierre Thomas as a flex. Uh, Marquise Colson and tight end Jimmy Graham are definite starts for me, as is the defense. Like you said, Carolina's got a good defense, but I like Drew Brees in that offense any day over it. We'll see. I, I think in spite of um, 
the Jets from the line in spite of Santonio Holmes. Notice how I pronounced his name correctly. There you go. (laughs) Santonio Holmes, and I'll have another chance to mispronounce it later, but Santonio Holmes made fun of the Panthers' secondary. And if you're a Jets receiver, if you're a Jet, period, you shouldn't be making fun of anybody on any other team. No, No. it's not a great list. If you have playoff aspirations, but I, I just, I didn't think that was a real smooth move on his part, but <laughs> anyway. So for Carolina, I would start running back D'Angelo Williams, wide receiver Steve Smith, tight end Greg Olson in the defense. Quarterback Cam Newton I'm okay with, more of a second quarterback. Start wide receivers Brandon LaFell and Ted Ginn Jr., flex options. I wouldn't start running back Mark Tolbert and stay away from kicker Graham Gano. Yeah, probably shouldn't, definitely shouldn't start Garrett Hartley for the Saints this week since he got released. No, um, Shane Graham would be an interesting start, but yeah, I, I wouldn't just because that. I don't think New Orleans is going to score much, but you we'll would probably disagree with that. A little bit. <laughs> All right. So, onward and upward, Minnesota at Cincinnati. This should be an interesting game. Minnesota seems to have rediscovered its offense, how they were able to score um, you know, as many points as they did I against no Philly with, without Toby Gerhardt, without Adrian, Adrian Peterson. Peterson. And I, just, I, I don't know how they were doing that, but uh, they, they did it, and you know, kudos to them. But I think this week things are going to be a little bit different. They're in Cincinnati. Cincinnati needs this game, and... Yeah, I just I, I can't see the Vikings pulling another rabbit out of the hat, especially on the road. I'll take um, I'll, I'll go with Cincinnati to win. I'll go with Cincinnati to take this. I'll say Cincinnati 31, Minnesota 24. So I think Minnesota will put up a pretty good offensive effort, but Cincinnati has just a little bit too much firepower for them. I like I like Cincinnati. I think I like it a little closer, maybe thirty-one twenty-eight. Minnesota's offense. I I don't know where it came from, but I like it. I'd like to see if they can Matt do it again Castle. this week. Yeah, Matt Castle's a man. I uh, regardless, I do kind of like him more as a borderline second quarterback option. Uh, Adrian Peterson is going to play this week, which means he's going to throw the ball a little less. So definitely start Peterson. I would start Greg Jennings and Cordero Patterson and kicker Blair Walsh, the Blair Walsh project. I would like to start this week. Yeah, I, I could see that. I think they'll score enough points to make that worthwhile. For Cincinnati, I like your friend, the Ginger Ninja, Andy yeah. Dalton. I think he's going to have a really good game. Somebody I know is trying to decide between Andy Dalton and, um, and um, Andrew Luck. It's his quarterback Ooh, for his championship game. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure about that. I, I think I still rather go with Dalton this week. But I, I think Indy, as we'll discuss in a few games, yeah. I think they're going to put up some points against Kansas City, and if Oakland mm, can put up points against Kansas City, I, I certainly think Indianapolis can, especially if Trevor Richardson has figured out the right direction towards the end zone again, but uh, we'll see. So back to this game, Cincinnati quarterback Andy Dalton, start him, start wide receiver A.J. Green, start kicker Mike Nugent, running back Giovanni Bernard, I'm okay with as a flex option, same thing for wide receivers Marvin Jones and Mohamed Sanu, tight end Tyler Eifert, 
seems to be getting more targets there than uh, Jermaine Gresham right now. And the defense is also a decent start. Running back Ben Jarvis Green Ellis, I wouldn't start. And as I mentioned, uh, Jermaine Gresham wouldn't wouldn't start him this week either. Did you see he's still introducing himself uh, as the uh, law, firm law firm when they do the little profiles at the beginning of games where the guys say their name and where they're from? He literally calls himself Ben Jarvis Green Ellis, the law firm. <laughs> it was amusing the first hundred times or so we heard it. But, uh, <laughs> I think that joke is apparently one not going away. Kind of like the Blair Walsh project. I, I like it a lot. Which I know you like a lot, but um, I like when kickers have weird nicknames. Like, they get in yeah. the game about five times a game, but they need a nickname. Well, I like it when kickers kick game-winning 61-yard field goals at the end of the game and then give a shout out to all their fantasy owners. <laughs> yeah, it was very yeah. funny. <laughs> so. He, he scores points in my book. I'm not going to recommend starting him this week, but I still thought that was a cool thing. <laughs> not a lot of points at some point. No, but... Let's see how it is. So, why don't we go on to the next game on the docket this week. We've got Denver at Houston. Denver, what the heck was up with them? How do you lose to San Diego at home? I know San Diego has a good offense, but there's no way that Denver's offense should have sputtered that badly against San Diego's so-called defense. Who knew Wes Welker was the missing piece for them somehow? Uh, Didn't seem like it, but apparently when he's not there, things are pretty bad. Yeah, we'll we'll have to see what happens this week. But I I think Denver, Houston, I, I keep picking them week after week after week. I just think there's a lot more talent than they've shown. At least I think more talent than their record has shown, but I can, there's no way I can pick them in good conscience this weekend, no. even though they're at home. Denver, just too much to play for, still you know, fighting with Kansas City. You know, They obviously own the tiebreaker because of the beating Kansas City twice, but they have to win their games against teams other than Kansas City, too, from here on out if they're going to you know, clinch that division. So I, I like Denver to win this. I, I don't think it'll be particularly close. I'll say Denver 34, Houston 21. 21 points, that's generous. Um, Denver might score more than that. <laughs> I, I might give Houston credit to get nearer 21, but Denver could be in the 40s. I just – I don't know how I feel about Matt Schaub coming back. Case Keenum's not playing this week, and obviously Peyton Manning's got something to prove, even though they're in Houston – I just think this is not going to be a fair fight at all. I'm definitely starting Peyton Manning, start Sean Marino, start Demarius Thomas and Eric Decker. If Wes Welker plays, I think you can start him. It doesn't look like he's going to right now. But definitely start Ted and Julius Thomas and kicker Matt Prater. And I would start the defense as well. <laughs> yeah. So do you think that was just a one-game aberration then that, that uh, Denver just sort of forgot that they were playing a real NFL team and just spit the Well, when you're playing the Chargers, I guess that's easy to do, especially in December. I mean, they've been better this year, but normally in December they're not really a real NFL team. No, they're they're not. But I I don't know. This year, if if you've had Ryan Matthews or if you picked up Keenan Allen along the way or if you were – if you had Philip Rivers as a backup quarterback early this season, you're probably feeling pretty good about yourself 
right now. Yeah, so absolutely. And definitely has some useful parts this year, even if you know, the team itself is still leaves something to be desired. They've definitely got some weapons on offense that are worthwhile. They're a good team. They're not a great team yet. All right. But it's my turn to talk about Houston before we get too far along on San Diego. <laughs> so now I've gone from mispronouncing players' names to mispronouncing team names. But, uh, there's a whole other teams. <laughs> there's, there's a whole bunch of teams whose names I can mispronounce before the end of the show. But so for Houston, <laughs> as you mentioned, Case Keenum out with a thumb injury. Don't start him this week. Start quarterback Matt Schaub instead. Should have a field day against Denver's defense. Bring back Ben Tate. Wide receivers DeAndre Hopkins and Andre Johnson are good starts. Tight end Ryan Griffin filled in very capably last week for uh, Garrett Graham. I think he's worth starting again this week. Uh, Garrett Graham, I wouldn't start. Kicker Randy Bullock, I'd stay away from. And I'd also stay away from Houston's defense because, after all, they are playing the vaunted Denver Broncos who can bring yeah. up points at will against <laughs> every team except San Diego, apparently. Tough matchup Tough for match-up. you. Yeah. So, well, let's keep moving along. Next game on the agenda for this week is Tennessee at Jacksonville. I I really don't know what you say about this game. I mean, I just I know Jacksonville turned things around a little bit after they lost their first eight games, but I think Tennessee is one of those teams that you're going to look back at at the end of the season and say they lost a number of close games and could have been a borderline playoff team, but I, I just don't think this is a fair fight even with Jacksonville at home. I, I think Tennessee wins this easily. I'll say Tennessee 27, Jacksonville 3. Ooh. You really are not into Jacksonville this week. No, I'm not. Three points, that's rough. And, and I, was, I, think I think I was being might generous be in giving them the three points. I think they could if there's a game that's going to be shut out this week, I think it'll be this Maybe two touchdowns, but... I think Tennessee's going to win by two touchdowns easily. Uh, I'm definitely starting Ryan Fitzpatrick. I want to start Chris Johnson. Go ahead and start Justin Hunter, Kendall Wright, Nate Washington, tight end Delaney Walker, the defense. Pretty much anybody at this point. Right. For Jacksonville, I'm going to recommend doing the opposite. There's nobody that has been an absolute start on this team this week. Tight end Mercedes Lewis. I could see him if you needed a tight end. Uh, defense, maybe if you're desperate. Tennessee's offense, they you know, have some nice players, but they're certainly not the Broncos. Quarterback Chad Henney, running back Maurice Jones-Drew and Jordan Todman. Don't be fooled by Jordan Todman. Wide receivers uh, Mike Brown and A. Sanders. Tight end Clay Harbor, kicker Josh Scobie. Don't start any of those guys in your championship league game this week? No. no. It's just too risky, too scary. All right. Speaking of risky and scary, we've got the Kansas City Chiefs <laughs> up at home this week. That was a nice segue, huh? That was nice. <laughs> against Indianapolis. And Indy's been a real yo-yo of a team this season. So is Kansas City. I'm not yeah. just I'm just not buying this whole narrative about Andrew luck and how much he's improved this season. Yeah, he has all the fourth-quarter comebacks, but if he played better the first three quarters, they wouldn't be having so many fourth-quarter comebacks. But this game, I think it'll be close. I don't think Alex Smith is going to go off quite the way he did last game. And by the way, remember I had said in previous weeks that 
Kansas City's only 100-yard receiver all season was Donnie Avery, and now their second one is, is Jamal Charles. Go figure. He has 20 yards rushing and 180 yards receiving or whatever. He a little backwards. backwards. Yeah, it was a little bit backwards, but I think it's more likely reversed this week. Mm-hmm. Kansas City, I, I really like Alex Smith again this week as, as a start, but uh, I just I think they'll find a way to win this. Their defense has been a little suspect the last few weeks, you know, giving up 30-plus points to Matt McGloin-led Oakland Raiders team. Not so impressive, but anytime your team can hang 56 points on your opponent, you're doing pretty well for yourself. I don't think mm-hmm. Kansas City will come anywhere near that, but I think even if they put up half that many this week, that'll be good enough to win. I'll say they go a little bit better than that. I'll say Kansas City 30, Indianapolis 27. I like Kansas City 32, Indy 17. I, this team's very different without Reggie Wayne. Yeah, I mean, Andrew Luck, I think we'd be having a very different conversation about him if Reggie Wayne hadn't gotten hurt this year. I think he would look better statistically with Reggie Wayne there to kind of save him a little bit. But we had Reggie Wayne there, there to save him last year, and he didn't look particularly. I mean, 55% completion rate, that's... Nothing I'm not saying he's going to look like Peyton Manning. I just think he wouldn't look as bad. Yeah, all right. <laughs> um, but definitely definitely only use him as a second quarterback option. I do like Donald Brown and Trent Richardson. T.Y. Hilton, more a flex option for me. I do like Ty and Cody Fleener, but I think this is going to be more of a ground game for Indy this week. All right. Last, last season, Andrew Luck, is, as we mentioned several times earlier this season, had, I think, a 55% completion rate, which was even lower than Mark Sanchez, Mr. Buck Fumble's completion yeah. rate yeah. last season. Not a good this year he's up to a whopping 58.7%, which admittedly is better than 55%, but still, if average in the NFL is 60 61%, and the elite guys are at 65% or above, I don't think Andrew mm-hmm. Luck is anywhere near elite yet. No, I don't think so either. He, if he, he could get there, but he's not there yet. It could happen, but I, I'm just I'm not sure. So for Kansas City, I like Alex Smith this week. Running back Jamal Charles, wide receiver Dwayne Bowe, kicker Ryan Suckup, wide receiver Donnie Avery is a flex option for me. Defense I like. Wide receiver Dexter McCluster missed last week. Uncertain this week. I wouldn't start him. Nile Davis got some decent uh, carries and even scored a touchdown at the end of the game in relief of of Jamal Charles last week, but I wouldn't start him this mm-hmm. week. Tight end Sean McGrath, you know, they just, when they're hitting on all cylinders like they did last week, and and as I suspect they may again on offense this week, uh, you don't want to start a Kansas City tight end. No, I don't I don't think it's such a good week for that. <laughs> no. You, you're, you, if you lose the championship game because you started a Kansas City tight end, then neither Jana nor I will have much sympathy for you. Mm-mm. Nope. We warned right. you. Speaking of, speaking of sympathy, let's move along to Dallas at Washington. So Ugh. I, it pains me to say this, but I think as as horrible as Dallas has looked at times this year, you know, Washington is, is even in more disarray right now. If you can throw for 389 yards and still figure out a way to lose a game to – Atlanta, then you're you're really uh, there, there's some pretty deep seated problems there. But Dallas, 
you can pretty much count that they're going to stumble and fumble and throw a key interception at some point in the game. But still, I, I think they're going to figure out a way to win this game. I'll say Dallas 27, Washington 24. I like it maybe more 27-21, but I think Dallas will probably end up having to do something crazy in the fourth quarter to win this game, which they absolutely need to if they want to still be in the playoff hunt. I don't know if they deserve to be, but it would be good. Um, well, none of the NFC teams deserve it. But whoever gets in is going to be eliminated in the first round anyway. I mean, everyone else in the league has to just be so excited, hoping they get to play whoever comes out of this division. Well, most likely, yeah. Well, I mean, they would they would presumably host, just if they win the division, they'll host a first-round game, which is, that shouldn't be, but uh, it will be. But anyway, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Yeah, some, some team with a 10-6 and record or an 11-5 record is going to come into Dallas or Philadelphia and probably stop the home team, but be that as it may. This week, hopefully, Washington is the one getting stomped. Um, definitely start Tony Romo, start to Marco Murray, Des Bryant, Jason Wayne, then kicker Dan Bailey. I would just stay away from really everybody else. These are the guys who are going to get your points, and this is not going to be one of the higher-scoring games. So if you're looking for flex options, there are probably better games for it. Washington, I, I think we both liked Kirk Cousins last week. I like him again yes. this week. Yes. Running back Alfred Morris, like him. Wide receiver Pierre Garçon is the only one of the receivers that I would really go with this week. The others are all flex options for me. Aldrich Robinson, and Tannemoss. <laughs> Barely got that right. I was on the verge of slipping on the ice, so to speak, on Almost. that one. Almost. Almost. Caught myself. Uh, Josh Morgan. <laughs> The, also a flex option, kicker Kai Forbath is okay to start, defense okay to start. Tight end Fred Davis, who knew that he was still playing for Washington? He's resurrected. He, he, hadn't, he was resurrected for a few receptions last week, but I still wouldn't start him or Logan Powelson this week. Stay away from any Washington tight end not named Jordan Reed, and if Jordan Reed isn't playing, then you should just stay away from all the Washington tight ends. Yeah. Probably a safe game plan. So, we were talking about almost all the games have playoff implications this week. These next two Mm -hmm. games don't, especially this one. Cleveland at the Jets. This is one of those games you look at both these teams and say, does one of these teams really have to win? The answer is yes. And... We've done the research. We've run the numbers. Somebody does have we, to win We've run the numbers. Game. Somebody's going to win this game. <laughs> can fairly safely predict that whoever scores more points is actually going to come out victorious here. Really going out on a limb here. Really going out on a limb. And I'll, I'll say, just because I have to, that somebody's going to win this game. And I think that somebody will be Cleveland. Actually, it's not a somebody. It would be a some team. Is that a word? I'm not sure, but uh-huh. some team has to win sure. this weekend, one of the two teams, and I, I say that it will be Cleveland. I'll say Cleveland 20, Jets 14, but you can rest assured this is one game I won't be watching if I don't have to. Yeah, I, I can't argue too much with any of that. I think Cleveland's going to win. It's not going to be by a ton. This won't be all that exciting. Fantasy-wise, though, go ahead and start Jason Campbell. Definitely start Josh Gordon. Tight end Jordan Cameron's good as well as kicker Billy Cundiff and the defense. 
Not a lot to say about this one. No, no running backs, no concussed for you or anything like that. (laughs) Nope. All right. For the Jets, I would start running back Chris Ivory in the defense, and that's it. Wide receivers, Jeremy Curley, (laughs) David Nelson, Antonio. Let's say it all together. I I, I had a little freeze up there, but I did get it out right. (laughs) Antonio Holmes, I would not. They're all flex options for me. Quarterback Geno Smith, no. Running back Paul Powell, no. Tight ends Jeff Cumberland, Kellen Winslow Jr., no. Kicker Nick Polk, no. Okay. Now I'm home free. (laughs) I got through Santana Moss, Antonio Holmes. There you go. I, I don't know what else I could possibly. I almost well, I did mess up San Diego before, but player-wise, I think I'm out of the woods for this week. Woo! <laughs> I, I guess I shouldn't gloat or celebrate too much. We're only halfway through the show and halfway through the game, so there's mm, there's still yeah. plenty of of times for a short sure, miss step, but uh, we'll, we'll see what we can do to avoid that. Bring yeah. this one home. Yeah. So next up in the pair of games that is not so interesting this weekend. Tampa Bay at St. Louis. St. Louis has been looking a lot better recently, but, of course, they had that dreadful start. And even though they've been looking better, I I still don't think Kellen Clemens is anybody's idea of an all-pro quarterback. Except maybe Kellen Clemens. (laughs) Except maybe Kellen Clemens and his family. And I'm sure he's much better than if if I were to stand in there, I would just get creamed and the ball would probably just go spurting up into the air, which wouldn't be fun to watch. But <laughs> anyway, uh, I think I'd last one play, if even that, and you know they'd be carting me off on a stretcher with a neck brace. But Oh, we don't yeah. want that. We don't want that. We don't want you to end up like the, the Cincinnati punter. No, no. But uh, all kidding aside, this is another game where you look at it and you this one, I think, is a little clearer to me than Cleveland at the Jets was. I, I think St. Louis is clearly the better team here. I just don't think they're that much better. But I'll say St. Louis wins the 17-13, which is a smaller margin than I predicted for Cleveland at the Jets. But I actually think that there there's more of a gap between St. Louis and Tampa than there is between Cleveland and the Jets, if that makes any sense. It does make sense. I don't know if I agree with it, but it makes sense. Um, All right. So tell me you're picking Tampa Bay. <laughs> I think I just think that this game's going to be a little higher scoring. Um, I like St. Louis to win. I agree with you there. I just think this will be. I don't know. I don't. Maybe have a little more respect for Tampa Bay. I guess. That being said, I don't really want to start a lot of them on my fantasy team this week. Mike Glenn's more second quarterback option. I do like Bobby Rainey and Vincent Jackson, but that's about it. For St. Louis. Running back, back <laughs> is the only guy I really want to start. Defense, I think, is a good start. Wide receivers, Chris Givens, Austin Pettis, and Stedman Bailey are flex options for me. Uh, wide receivers, Brian Quick and Tavon Austin, no. Quarterback, Helen Clemens, no. Tight ends, Jared Cook, Lance Kendricks, and uh, Harkey, the guy that caught the passes last week. Uh, I'd say no mm-hmm. to them and no to Greg Deleg. All right, I guess I agree with it. All right, so let's move onward and upward. Let's go back to games that actually do have playoff implications. And next one up is Arizona at Seattle. 
this could be a good game. Arizona obviously banged up after last week's game. And it sounds like Carson Palmer hasn't been healthy for a bit. Larry Fitzgerald had a concussion. Andre Ellington left the game with a, an injury last week. But I, I still think Seattle, they, they took care of the Giants okay, so maybe there's some hope for them. But Arizona, obviously a much better team than the Giants. Seattle, to me, doesn't look like they match up that well with Arizona. I think they match up well enough that they still win the game, but I don't think this is a blowout, 12th man or no. I think it's a struggle all game. I say Seattle wins it, but only by a touchdown. Seattle 24, Arizona 17. I actually agree uh, a lot with you here. I think Arizona just doesn't get as much respect as maybe they should. Granted, they've been a very up-and-down team. But I think they can hang with Seattle, even in Seattle, and I think that this will be a more interesting game than maybe some people have it billed as. But fantasy-wise, Carson Palmer's more second quarterback option for me. Rashard Mendenhall and Andre Ellington, who looks like he's going to play, are both flex options. I do like Larry Fitzgerald, but Michael Floyd's more a flex option again for me. It's just kind of hard to predict what part of this Arizona offense is going to be able to break through the Seattle defense. They haven't let a running back score since, I think, week seven, so I'm not entirely sure it'll be the run game, but I might want to take my chances with Larry Fitzgerald and Michael Floyd. Well, Arizona, I think they pretty much have to win if they want to overtake mm-hmm. San Francisco because I, I don't think San Francisco's moving to Atlanta on Monday night. But Probably yeah. not. We'll see. So for Seattle, I like Marshawn Lynch. I like the defense. Quarterback Russell Wilson is more of a second quarterback in my mind this week. Mm-hmm. Wide receivers Doug Baldwin and Golden Tate, more flex options. Tight end Zach Miller, okay. Checker Stephen Hauschka, okay. And stay away from wide receiver Jermaine Curse, whose name is not Javon Curse. Still not Javon. Contrary to what I think point. every week. I just thought that point was germane to make, so. <laughs> All right. Maybe that'll help me remember. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll have to, well, never mind. I'll, I'll think of some other way to screw up his name or to confuse <laughs> you next time we have a game with them. So next up, only one of these two teams is in playoff contention, and I'll give you a hint. It's not the Giants. Giants at Detroit. Boy, Detroit really... Yeah, they, they really shot themselves in the foot uh, yeah. on uh, yeah. Monday night. Actually, I think Detroit's out of it now. Mathematically, they might be. I think so, because San Francisco and Morale-wise, Carolina yeah. both have a three-game lead on them, and there's only two games to play, ergo, I think they're out of it. So, mm-hmm. but, uh, There's that running those numbers again. Math. <laughs> so, yeah, same thing, I think, mean, you know, Anyway, well, Detroit, in theory, can still catch Chicago, but they're, they're not going to – no NFC North team or NFC East team is going to be in the wild card mm-hmm. uh, position. That's the point I was trying to make. So, anyway, <laughs> Detroit, this, this just isn't going to be a fun game to watch either. If you're a fan of either of the New York teams, you have my sympathies and condolences this weekend. Is watch be some hockey painful. this weekend. No, or maybe you can watch the Jets game and root for Sheldon Richardson (laughs) to score another touchdown, but that's probably not going to happen. And even if it does, they're probably not going to win. But um, as bad as Detroit looked in blowing that game against Baltimore, 
Monday night. I think they come back with a vengeance, and the Giants at this point, they're they're looking more and more like a, you know, they deserve a, a, a top five to seven draft pick. Detroit's going to win this by several touchdowns. I'll say three. I'll say Detroit 35, New York 13. If the Giants could get to 20 points, I think we should throw them a parade. I think that's where we're at right now. No. I think it's more <laughs> likely that Eli Manning will throw 20 interceptions than that they'll score 20 points in this game. He might get sacked 20 times. But uh, Eli Manning definitely only a second quarterback option. If you have to start a wide receiver, maybe Hakeem Nix, Ruben Randall's really only a flex option. I like Ted and Brendan Myers, though, because that Detroit defense is going to come at Eli Manning fast. I think he's going to have to dump it off to Myers a bunch, so for what that's worth. And what's the latest on Victor Cruz? I just... Uh, I think that... You don't want to start a concussed player in your championship game? I don't. I really don't. Like, I like the idea of starting Victor Cruz. I like the high ceiling. I'm just terrified of the concussion. Yeah. Yeah, I can I can understand that. For Detroit, quarterback Matthew Stafford is as bad as he looked last week. He's still worth starting against the Giants. Running back Reggie Bush is a good start. Wide receiver Calvin Johnson, who... Didn't look old, but didn't exactly have his usual Calvin Johnson. Didn't have his his usual Megatron game Monday night. He'll bounce back nicely this week. Kicker David Akers. uh, Wide receiver Nate Burleson is a flex option. Chris Durham is okay to start as a flex option. Uh, Running back Joy Bell, I wouldn't start. Stay away from tight ends Brandon Pettigrew, even though he's back on the Touchdown radar screen, Joseph Fourier. I wouldn't start him in your championship game either. No, still a little sketchy. So, all right. Speaking of sketchy, let's let's look at Tom Brady's shoulder injury and how the re- he and the rest of their team stack up against Baltimore this week. Is it just me? I know Baltimore was on the road against Detroit, but it seems to me they've been playing a ton of home games the second half of the season, but it's probably just me imagining that. But well, we know anyway. they had to play a road game to start the season, even though they should have been at home, so maybe that's, that's the problem. True. So maybe they have, like, 12 home games. And nobody yeah, this is, that's the trade-off. Yeah. They got yeah. all of the home games instead of that right. one. Right, except for that one in the Detroit game. <laughs> so, anyway, this game, New England at Baltimore, ugh. New England, <laughs> I, I don't like picking them, but in this game, I, it's hard for me to make a plausible case for Baltimore winning this. So I'm going to go ahead and take New England to win. I'll say they win pretty easily. I'll say New England 27, Baltimore 17. Yeah, I like New England by 10. Uh, I, just, uh, I feel like something really ridiculous would have to happen for Baltimore to actually win this game. I just don't think they're a well-balanced enough team. Tom Brady's lost a couple, particularly last week, that he would like to have back. And a Tom Brady out for revenge is just not a Tom Brady you want to face. So I think you start him this week. You start Stephen Ridley. LeGarrette Blunt could be a flex option for you. Definitely start Julian Edelman and Danny Amendola and the defense. For Baltimore, I would start wide receiver Torrey Smith. Quarterback Joe Flacco had that knee injury. He 
sounds like he's going to play, but for me, he's at best a second quarterback option. I'd rather start someone like Kirk Cousins this week before I would start Joe Flacco in my championship game. I just Plus, the Cowboys' defense has just given away points for Christmas, so that's probably a well, good option. they are, and also I just, yeah, I just, I don't like this matchup for Flacco, and especially if he's no. on his on no. knee, but so he's at most a second quarterback option. Running back Ray Rice, not crazy about him, flex option. Wide receivers, Marlon Brown, Jacoby Jones, flex option, defense okay to start. Stay away, running back Bernard Pierce, tight end Dennis Pitta, and Ed Dixon. And even though he was our hero last week, uh, sorry, kicker, uh, Justin Tucker, not starting you this week. Oh, iron leg, you're sitting him on the bench. Yeah, you just... My my whole thing in deciding whether or not to start a kicker is how many points I think you're going to put up against the opponent. And if I think Definitely you're going to score 17 points, I'm not going to pick the kicker and think, well, maybe he'll kick six field goals and kick a game-winning 61 yard. It yarder. definitely wouldn't add up to 17 points if he did. No, but he, he scored. He sure got a lot of points. I wonder, there must be some people that won – a fantasy matchup because of him on Monday night going nuts. You know, mm-hmm. could you imagine saying, well, <laughs> I've got, I'm all losing my five points, my opponent has Calvin Johnson, and all I have is Justin Tucker, and yet you probably still won that matchup. Stranger things have happened in the fantasy world. That's why you play. It's crazy yeah. out there. That's true. <clears throat> I don't know. That would be pretty strange, though. So, I hope Justin Tucker won a fantasy matchup because of himself. That that would be pretty cool. Somebody should ask him that. I'm, I'm sure somebody did, but I I didn't catch the response they did. But we'll anyway. have to investigate. So maybe he can call in and tell us, or somebody who knows him can <laughs> call in and tell us. But so we're in the home stretch here. The late games Sunday and. Oakland at San Diego. This one, you know, both of these, even one of these teams really seems to know how to play defense, but I think San Diego has a little bit more offense of firepower than Oakland does, especially with all the injuries Oakland has sustained at running back this year. But Mm -hmm. I'll I'll take San Diego to win this. I think it'll be close, but I, I think San Diego prevails. I'll say San Diego 34, Oakland 27. I like San Diego as well, maybe 35-31, just somewhere in there. I think it'll be a closer game. Obviously, Oakland can score some points. We saw that last week. Um, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, like you said, not a lot of defensive prowess here. So, Matt McGloin, more a second quarterback option for me. I do like Rashad Jennings and Denarius Moore. And definitely Rod Streeter. Do not start the defense, though. Absolutely do not. For San Diego, quarterback Phillip Rivers is a definite start. Running back Ryan Matthews. How many people would have predicted before the season started that Ryan Matthews would stay healthy enough to rush for 1,000 yards for two games? Not even close. No, I mean, that's just – I I wouldn't – necessarily spend a first-round pick on him next year, even coming off what's likely to be a, a No way. A He's always hoping he'll go up this season. He's going to be hurt forever now. Yeah, probably. Yeah, he's, his, all his karma has been poured yeah. into this one this season. 
So I, w- I would start him this week. Wide receiver Keenan Allen, tight end Antonio Gates, kicker Nick Novak. Um, wide receivers Vincent Brown and Eddie Royal both had better games than Allen last week, but I still think Keenan Allen's their main guy. Brown and Royal are flex options for me. Defense okay to start, and I would rest running back Danny Woodhead. Ooh, okay. All right. You you would start Danny Woodhead? I might think about him as a flex option. No. I, I like I just, him. Well, I, I like him, and I root for him to do well because it's like rooting for David versus Goliath, but if I'm trying <laughs> to win a fantasy championship, I don't see that he's going to get a ton of playing time with Brian Matthews healthy and Eddie Royal and Vincent Brown healthy and Keenan Allen right. and Antonio Gates, so we'll see. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. I almost, well, I did actually slip there, but you didn't catch that. <laughs> actually, close. you did, but you're being kind. So. All right. So <laughs> let's move on then. Uh, another one of your favorite, your 10 favorite teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, Green Bay, they're playing host to Pittsburgh this week. And it's the only intra-conference game this week. And I should say interconference game. And well, yeah, it's the only interconference game this week. I think is that possible? Fifteen, fifteen. No, that, that doesn't seem right. But anyway, <laughs> the only one I can find. Maybe there's another one that I just haven't found. Oh, Minnesota, Cincinnati. That's the other there one. There we go. There we go. Right yeah. now, all all order has been restored to the universe. But so <laughs> this one is a rematch of the Super Bowl. A few years ago, unlike that one, neither two of these teams is going to be in the Super Bowl this year. Not but a Super like Bowl. That one, I think Green Bay is a slightly better team. I think Green Bay wins this. I'll say Green Bay 31, Pittsburgh 27. I I can agree with that. I think this will this will be a, a good highlight game. I don't know if I want to sit and watch the whole thing, but there'll definitely be some big plays. A wide receiver will break out for 80 yards and a touchdown. I think that'll be fun. Um, Green Bay, it doesn't look like Aaron Rodgers is going to play. They're talking about whether or not he'll get cleared. But for Pittsburgh, you're definitely going to have Big Ben playing, which is always good for them. I like I like Green Bay by a little bit, but that's more on the strength of their wide receivers than anything else. For Pittsburgh... I think you can definitely start Ben Roethlisberger. I like Le'Veon Bell as a flex. Antonio Brown and Emmanuel Sanders, I'm good with starting both of them. And I'm going to start kicker Sean Sweezum. I think there's going to be a lot of field goals here for Pittsburgh. So what did you think about um, Coach Tomlin's um, claim this year that if he had a rookie of the year vote, that Le'Veon Bell would be his choice over Eddie Lacy? I think that's, I think that's a little aggressive. aggressive. I think he's biased in trying to... Trying to sway some votes his way, which I completely respect as a coach, but I think it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I think he has a better chance of uh, having somebody run into him on the sidelines on a kickoff return than he does. Oh, did that happen already? <laughs> Bell getting voted rookie of the year, but we'll see. Yeah, I just so, I think that might be a bit of a stretch. Yeah, and watching him stretch would probably be pretty painful, but. <laughs> so for Green Bay, quarterback Matt Flynn, I like him. Running back Eddie Lacy, I like him. Wide receivers Jared Boykin, uh, Jordy Nelson, and James Jones start all of them. Kicker Mason Crosby start. 
Tight end Anthony Corliss has had a couple of nice games in a row now. If you're if yes, you're in just the straights and need a tight end, he's he's not a bad choice this week. I would start mm-hmm. him uh, as well. Defense is good to start, and I think they're going to have a field day against a Lambeau field day against uh, Pittsburgh. Not just a field day, but a Lambeau field day. <laughs> I think they will. I like I it. Frozen <laughs> Tundra will work to their advantage this week. <laughs> So, all right, moving onward and upward, this game is this is the one game I would be most interested in, in seeing this weekend, and that's the Sunday night game. Philadelphia exactly why I got flexed to the nighttime slot. Got flexed to the nighttime slot, and I think these two teams, I don't know what the over-under on this game is. But, Take the uh, over. <laughs> I'm not sure. I Probably. I, I think these two teams are both going to come close to 40 points. Only difference is I think Philadelphia will go over by a little, Chicago will go under by a little bit. When all is said and done, I think Philadelphia wins this game. I'll say Philadelphia 41, Chicago 37. I, I, I'm torn on this game. My instincts say I should pick against Philly Chicago, as a Dallas fan. Yeah, but I, if if Josh McCown was playing quarterback, this would be a different a different conversation for me, but the fact that they're still going with Jay Cutler, I think, means that Philly's got the edge. Uh, Nick Foley and Dynamite will probably be just fine, he and LaShawn McCoy. So I agree with you, very high scoring. I think probably the high score, highest scoring game of the weekend, but Philly will come out on top. Uh, definitely start for Chicago. I would definitely start Jay Cutler, Matt Forte, and Brandon Marshall, and, of course, Alshon Jeffrey. And kicker Robbie Gold, who's definitely going to be out there uh, a little bit more often than our boy Justin Tucker will be. The Philly defense has been better, but I don't think they're going to slow down all of the weapons for Chicago's offense, so I think you can pretty safely start a lot of these guys. Well, if Minnesota can... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if Minnesota is hanging 48 points on Philly's defense, I certainly think that uh, Chicago can can throw up at least 30, 35 points against their defense. So we'll I, I don't think it's out of question, that's for sure. No, but uh, we'll see. So yeah. for the Eagles, I, I think the only thing that could prevent that game from being really high scoring is the weather. If there's some extreme weather, whether it's True. wind or rain, that maybe could undermine things. But I, don't I know. think it's supposed to be okay. We'll see what happens, yeah, although you never know. We're going to freak snowstorms every day. We'll see. So mm-hmm. for, for um, Philadelphia, I like quarterback Nick Foles, running back LaShawn McCoy, wide receiver Deshaun Jackson, tight end Zach Ertz, who I wasn't as high on earlier in the season, but now they seem to have made it a point to get the ball to him. Kicker Alex Henry is a good start. Wide receivers Riley Cooper and Jason Avant, flex options for me. Tight end Brent Selleck, I wouldn't start him in your championship game this week. And the defense, I think you can you rest the defense. The defense rests. Or at least <laughs> for your the defense team. rests for both sides. You know, both, both sides' defense rests. Pretty, uh, that, that should be pretty obvious for this game. I so, think I like Riley Cooper a little bit more than you do this week, but I'm not, I, I agree with you on Brent Selleck. I don't know. I just he hasn't done a lot to distinguish himself the last couple of weeks, but mm. we'll see. Maybe he'll 
go to a country western concert this week and get all riled up again, but <laughs> you know, all riled up again. So, all right, now we come to the Monday night game. I think San Francisco is going to win this, as I alluded to before, but I actually think Atlanta matches up pretty well with them. They're starting to play better again. Roddy White seems to be healthy, or at least healthier than he's been all season. Healthy-ish. Healthy-ish. <laughs> I think San Francisco wins this, but I, I think it'll be close and low scoring. I'll say San Francisco 20, Atlanta 17. And I'm almost sure that you're going to tell me San Francisco will win this by at least 10 points. But. No, actually, I'm not. I, I, this is shocking, but I agree with you on a lot of things. I just think it'll be a little bit higher scoring. Uh, but I think San Francisco has to win this game. It's the last game at Candlestick Park. I, it would be wrong for Atlanta to come in and win. I don't think it's allowed. But fantasy-wise, Matt Ryan, more second quarterback option. I do like Harry Douglas and Roddy White and tight end Tony Gonzalez. I'm just, I just I don't want any part of the run game this week. If you need to use one as a flex option, I would say that would be the absolute best case scenario. So by your logic, then Dallas should just say that next weekend is the last game for Jerry World, and then they'll win. Yeah, actually, that might work out really well for them. <laughs> and they can play at TCU Stadium for the next ten years while they build the successor to Jerry World that'll I'm sure that wouldn't, that wouldn't people. be a problem at all. There um, definitely aren't loans to repay or anything for that. <laughs> I'm sure there aren't. So, for San Francisco, running back front four is a good start. Wide receivers Michael Crabtree and Anquan Bolden good starts. Tight end Vernon Davis. Defense, both good starts. Quarterback Colin Kaepernick, more of a second quarterback option for me. I would sit wide receiver Mario Manningham and kicker Phil Dawson. All right. Uh, just one one quick note before we wrap this up. Next week we obviously have the holiday, uh, Christmas on Wednesday, so we will be coming to you on Thursday night at our normal time. We'll give away our Thursday night game, so if you need your football fix, listen to us instead. Yeah, exactly. And we'll we'll give away our, our fourth and inches yearly gifts as we always do around the holidays and do all that fun stuff. So be sure to check us out then. Uh in the meantime, you can find us all over the place. We are on Twitter at the number four T H N inches show. That's the number four T H N inches show. You can find us at the number four T H N inches show at gmail dot com. And of course our personal Twitter accounts fantasy underscore Sherpa and JKIM one six. We're also on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Sherpa fan page. On FantasyFootballSherpa.com, all week long with a great blog there. And if you miss us throughout the week or you miss an episode, you just want to hear our voices, you can find all of the old episodes archived on Blog Talk Radio and on iTunes so you can take us with you anywhere you go. I'll give out a gift early since I'm in the gift-giving mood. I want to give the Lions some courage for their game against the Giants this weekend. <laughs> That's good. That's a good gift. Okay. Those Giants are very right. scary. They are. You need courage when you face them. Maybe not this sure year, but most years. So, but, anyway, and, and of course, we do want to hear if you have gifts you want to give. We can... Uh, we would love to read those out on the air, the best ones, so send them in all week long. All right. Have a great week, everybody. Good holiday to those who celebrate, and thanks, Janet, for a great show. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks. See you next week.